1: Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange, a cryptid like Bigfoot, a UFO, a ghost, anything paranormal, or if you know of a story you think we should cover, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. So this is literally our first non-Springheel Jack episode in weeks.
2: In a fortnight. I could have lost two little blue jackets in that time.
1: Oh my gosh, that's a (laughs) reference to...
2: Beatrix Potter.
1: Right? Yes. Um, What's the rabbit? Peter? Peter Rabbit. Yes.
2: When his mom is like passive-aggressively blaming him for losing things by trying to get some good food.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've started our garden and we have our own little bun that's uh, not Echo, not our pet bun. We have plenty of wild rabbits who are uh, bound to lose their little blue jackets in our garden because try as we might, keeping the rabbits out is going to be... When it's going to be issues. difficult. <laughs> One thing about our neighborhood, there's no shortage of rabbits.
2: There are plenty of rabbits.
1: Hope everybody's doing well out there. We're going to have two guests on tonight. First, we're going to be talking with Victor. And a little bit later on in the show, we will be talking with Art. They both have some strange stories they're going to share with us. If you're podcast fans, which I assume you are, and paranormal podcast fans in general, you'll be hearing Josh and I lots of different places
2: let's try and mix it up for those of us who might listen to more than one podcast
1: i think uh so far we've done i think four interviews
2: they i've overheard them being recorded and they tend to each take on a theme or like a slightly different tone. i
1: think yeah i mean there's some points that that we tend to hit with each one but in general i think everyone's asked us kind of different questions everyone's focused has been on a little bit different aspects of the book The book I'm talking about in case you've missed previous episodes is called Where the Footprints End, High Strangeness and the Bigfoot Phenomena, Volume 1, which is now available on Amazon.com. You can find it under my name, Timothy Renner. You can find it under Josh's name, Joshua Cutchen. or you can look up the title, Where the Footprints End, and you'll find it. I will have copies soon. My shipment of books was damaged. It was almost here.
2: Yeah, it made it within an hour, and then it was like, yeah, it's turning around. Start over again. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it has to be returned to the printer, and then the process starts over again. So they will... I'm
2: curious to know what happened,
1: but <laughs> I have no clue. I have no clue. It's very, very frustrating because it's wonderful to see people are putting up pictures of where the footprints end. Like, look what came in the mail, and but you haven't gotten it. a copy yet. <laughs> I have my proof copy with all the mistakes in it. Mm-hmm. I do not have the corrected final copy yet. So I'm waiting on copies of that. As soon as I get them, I will put them up in the Etsy shop. A lot of people have been asking, how can I get a signed copy from you? As soon as I get them, they'll be on the Etsy shop and I'll put a post up for patrons as well, how to get them directly from me. If you're in the Strange Familiars Gathering group, I'll put a post up there as well on Facebook. So you'll have different options how to get signed copies if you're waiting for those. At this point... At least a week and a half, probably out for those, maybe two weeks. Everything's slowed up because of of the sequester. We will get to Victor's story in just a moment. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You can visit BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com slash Strange Familiars. And join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We can all use it sometimes.
2: I think we can all use it now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Seems like now's the good time for it. There's a constant low-level anxiety, I feel like, in these yeah. times that everyone is dealing with. And yeah, it's just which absolute... bubbles
2: up into a high anxiety and sometimes crosses over to something that is not easily managed on your own. It's
1: absolutely there for everyone I've talked to. Everyone's dealing with it differently, but sometimes you need somebody to talk to to help you deal with it. And BetterHelp would be great for that. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. Remember, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses from that. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. There's a special offer for Strange Familiar's listeners. You can get 10% off your first month. You go to betterhelp.com. Remember, that's better, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com, slash strangefamiliars, and you can get 10% off your first month. All right, now let's hear from Victor, who has this really interesting story. It sounds, for all the world, like it's going to be a Bigfoot encounter for everything that happens before Are there smells involved? There are not smells involved, but there's there's sounds and there's there's some things he sees that it sounds very much like it's going to be a Bigfoot encounter. And then it takes this hard left turn into the completely bizarre, and he sees something that's, that's really wacky, which I have to admit, I absolutely love. It's so weird, I absolutely love it. But Victor also talks about some precognitive stuff he has on some shadow figures and so forth. So let's go ahead and hear Victor's stories. All right, tonight we're talking with Victor, who has several strange experiences to share with us, including one I'm really excited to talk about, which is very, very weird about some disembodied <laughs> legs. How are you doing tonight, Victor?
3: Not too bad. Thanks, Tim.
1: Where do you want to start with this stuff? Why
3: well, don't we-, we start with the uh with the uh headline thing? Okay, alright. Yeah, it's for really, the <laughs> the really. legs. I think that that's the best thing I have to offer, so let's <laughs> go from there. All righty. So, I grew up in upstate New York, and uh, one weekend pastime my uh, family always enjoyed was boating. We would go up to this lake at the foothills, foothills of the Adirondacks, and we'd been to this lake a million times, and this one time in particular, I was about um, 16, 16 or 15 or 16 at the time, uh, we were up there with a few family friends, so... Uh, We're boating around very slowly, schmoozing. I'm just kind of a antsy and bored kid, so I noticed there's this island that I've seen a few times, uh, well, every other time that we've been at this lake. I'm a fairly woodsy kid. I'd always enjoyed exploring new natural places, so I'd always wanted a chance to explore this island and really just had never had the chance before. So I asked my dad if it would be all right if he could just boat over, drop me off, I'll go explore a little bit, and then they'll be in the area so I can just flag them down uh, when I'm done.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So being the cool dad that he is, he <laughs> said no problem. They'd had no problem letting me run around in the woods around where we grew up since I was maybe 12, so this is really nothing new. So they uh, dropped me off there. It's not a huge island, but enough natural space that you can you know, really move around and explore, maybe 20 acres or so. So I go in, I disappear off into the woods, and I find there's this network of trails running throughout the island. I find there, as I'm following them, there are these uh, campsites. Uh, I know now that this is actually uh, an island that is more or less owned by the Boy Scouts, and I was very much trespassing by being there without a permit, but (laughs) let's not worry too much about that. And... Uh, Three things happened in fairly quick succession. So I continue along the, I guess, eastern side of the island. I come up to the top of this uh, crest. I come to this point where I can see uh, through the wood line uh, back down to the water. And then silhouetted against the water, I just kind of see this black mass just drift down from the trees. It honestly did not look that weird to me at the time. It was... I could still explain this away as just being a clump of uh, leaves on a a dead branch that hadn't quite fallen off yet. It's just the way that it moved that kind of sticks with me. And honestly, if it hadn't been for the uh, rest of the stuff that would come after, I really (laughs) never would have uh, remembered this. But it was just this black mass with kind of uh, ragged edges, and it kind of glided down. So I think that's that's weird. And I just trot over in that direction to go uh, see if I can find out what that was, not feeling particularly freaked out or anything. I'm just curious. And I get to the area, and there's really nothing to be found. At that point, as I'm looking around off to my left, uh, which would be um, inland relative to me, Mm I hear this clack, 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 clack this It sounds like wood uh, wrapping against wood, except it 's not just coming from my left it 's coming from up. so I look up. this is not an elevated island there's no cliffs or anything. I see this uh, branch, maybe a foot or two long, uh pinwheeling through the uh, the upper limbs of the trees, and <laughs> I immediately realize it is still arcing upward as I look at it, and it 's coming basically in my direction. So if (laughs) sticks obviously do not have a tendency to fall upwards, so I figure at that point somebody's having a little fun with me. I had seen the encampment, so it very much occurs to me that maybe somebody was um, enjoying themselves, messing with the kid that wasn't supposed to be there. It wasn't uh, moving fast enough to actually hit me or anything. It just landed looking like it had been thrown in my direction. Now, from where I'm standing, I'm at the top of this uh, ridge, and there's this kind of there's a downslope heading uh, inland. And from my vantage point, I should be able to see the point from which it was thrown. So, keeping my vision locked on that area, I just start trotting down in that direction and uh, try to find whoever it was that threw this at me. Because at this point, I'm still thinking this was you know, just the Boy Scout or somebody. Mm -hmm. And I'm running down, I'm looking behind all the trees, and I can absolutely find nothing. And there's, I really can't stress how much the topography would prevent anybody from getting away without uh, running through your line of vision from here, unless, I don't know, you need like a ghillie suit and know exactly where to hide to uh, not be seen. So at that point, I'm not... I'm weirded out at that point and figure, okay, now's probably a good time to be uh, heading back to the beach. I still am, I guess by default, thinking that uh, somebody's just having fun with me. And regardless, best to move out of the area and get back on the boat when I can. So a couple minutes go by. I am trotting back down the uh, back down the path towards the beach, and then I hear this. Uh, Sound off to my left, like somebody uh, running through uh, leaves over uh, uneven ground. And I turn to my left, and there's no real other way to say it. I just see this pair of disembodied legs uh, sprinting full tilt through the forest. And my eyes lock on them. They kind of looked... I'm not sure if it was just motion blur, or now maybe because of some other tales I've heard, maybe I'm wondering if they were... um, as an image just kind of a little blurry Mm -hmm. but let's just say motion blur for the time being i my eyes lock on these things for a good at least three seconds i think it was more like uh six or seven but and times like these you never really know
1: yeah yeah things tend to slow down in a a
3: sense right right Mm -hmm. and they are running past me not far away maybe 15 feet at most and then they just blink out of existence Wow. Just simple as that. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, the, the leaves that they were running through, as soon as they disappeared, I could still see the leaves that had been kicked up in its uh, passing still drifting down through the air. And yeah, it just vanished into thin air. At that point, I very much wanted to get off the islands, uh, ran back, and have been completely baffled by the idea since. Wow.
1: Okay. So, how quickly were you able to flag your family down and come get you?
3: <laughs> Pretty quickly. They were in the air. This was still in the uh, days of cell phones. I don't remember if I were if I had um, flagged them down with my arms or had called them, but
1: uh-huh.
3: quick enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Was your head on a swivel <laughs> the whole time until you got out of there?
3: Yes, absolutely. I'm. I mean, I'm usually scanning around me when I'm whenever I'm in the woods. I'm. I mean, I'm comfortable in the woods too this is i wasn't expecting to see anything the woods were a new experience for me i think it was only a year after this that i climbed my first adirondack high peak i'm now most of the way to being a 46 er i'm pretty comfortable in the woods but mm-hmm. yeah i had my head on the swivel like
1: yeah <laughs> wow so uh can you describe these legs anymore what did they look like
3: sure they looked uh, hairy, but not Bigfoot hairy. They were, I guess, hairy in the way that my legs are hairy. But other than that, I could say they were uh, Caucasian. They didn't seem uh, particularly large or anything. Just <laughs> aside from the fact that there was no top half, they looked like a fairly normal pair of human legs.
1: Naked, essentially?
3: Yes, yes. Didn't see any anything else, but.
1: <laughs> right, right. Maybe, did, it, uh, did it end at the waist, or did it. Did it end at the thigh? I'm, I'm just, like, trying to get a picture.
3: Um, I think about, it's probably about hip bone level. Okay. Yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> that is so bizarre. Is... That is so bizarre. And you'd put them within, yeah, and... like you said, within normal human height range. It wasn't like they were. Yeah,
3: this wasn't, this uh, didn't look like it belonged to anything seven or eight feet tall. No, right.
1: It's... Yeah. And uh, how close did you say they came to you?
3: Uh, I think it must have been at most 15 to 20 feet.
1: Wow. See, that's close.
3: Yeah. And they were uh, running on a a line past me. So when they showed up, when I first started hearing the um, crashing through the leaves, I guess it would have been about uh, like 270 degrees dead to my uh, left. And then they disappeared at about 30 degrees uh, to the left from from the direction I was facing. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. So and you,
3: I always, uh, whenever people uh, start as a group telling paranormal stories, I always have to try to gauge the room. Is this a weird enough group that I'm not going to get laughed out of the room? Or oh, yeah, I mean, do I keep this one to myself?
1: Completely bizarre, but I mean, you know,
3: I've heard tales like it. We had a tale of, uh, I think, Bigfoot legs on the show. That was yeah, the, that's uh, what made me call, call in. I'd never heard a story that's. Even came close to resembling this. I was absolutely blown away when I heard it.
1: Yeah, very, very strange though. But I, I mean, fifteen feet is close enough to get a you know to be <laughs> sure what you're looking at. Let's say that, like, you yeah, know, yeah, I mean?
3: easy within um, throwing distance. Mm-hmm. Even I could um, be okay with the idea that whatever I saw, my brain just made it something I guess a little more familiar, something that is more interpretable. But. Mm-hmm. Even if we say, OK, it wasn't a pair of legs, let's say it it was still something. It was still something large enough uh, to kick up those leaves, uh, something large enough to uh, block out that large uh, space of the woods behind it. Right. And yeah, so, so there was you... also no uh, concealing foliage in front of it. There was I was in a fairly empty area. This was mostly just undergrowth.
1: Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, so you're on a path, and this pair of legs is running not mm-hmm. on a path, I assume, or across the path? or uh...
3: No, this would have been off on the uh, undergrowth. It was mostly uh, ivy and dead leaves over there.
1: Okay, really, really strange. I mean, I'd ask you <laughs> what you thought it was, but I don't know that anybody would have an answer other than, <sighs> I don't know.
3: Yeah. It's been years, and I am no closer to an answer than I was that day.
1: <laughs> yeah, really, really strange. So the rest of the time out of there, once they disappeared, I guess, the mm-hmm. legs disappeared, no more weirdness. You're just
3: Nope, nope. But it was only about, I'd say about 100 feet or so to the edge of the woods. So this was right before I was out of the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What year have, uh, did you say this was? I was about 15 or 16. This would have been around 2000 and uh, I want to say 2006 or so.
1: Okay. Wow, that's a weird one. I mean, I love <laughs> yeah. it. I absolutely love it. But that is a that is a weird one. I hope we get yeah, some more stories once people hear that.
3: Absolutely, I would love to hear that. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's hear about uh, some of these other stories. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Let's see. Um, I guess we'll uh, go from chronological order in that point. Uh, so, as a kid, I was always. Full disclosure, very into the uh, paranormal. I was just one of those people that had that particular draw. Like you, I had the uh, set of books in the library that I would just start taking out one after the other. It wasn't uh, Man Myth and Magic, but Mm. it was some other series, one about UFOs, one about uh, crop circles and so on and so forth. Right, right, yeah. So I did kind of (laughs) admittedly steep myself in this kind of stuff. So maybe I was a little uh, primed to see things the way I wanted to, but... Uh, things started getting a little weird around the time I guess I was. Is the 12 to 15 range that most of the weirdness happens? I guess it started with some low grade poltergeist activity. Honestly, I feel almost a little silly bringing it up with the extent of the activity uh, you have as a matter of course on your show, but <laughs> this was fairly low grade. This was. Uh, just every now and then an object that should not have moved would move off a shelf or something. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing out of all that was always that it never just happened completely on its own. I would always be in the room, and for one reason or another, I would always happen to look at that object, and then it would fall. Interesting. Every time it happened, always like that. Mm -hmm. Around Mm -hmm. that time, actually, no, this is probably when I was closer to 11 or eh, 11, 12. This was... When I was at the age that my parents were comfortable letting me uh, be home alone for at least short periods of time, I had gotten off the school bus, uh, my mom wasn't quite home yet, and I'm uh, starting to do my homework in the uh, dining room, and then I suddenly hear the uh, front door open and close. And we have this uh, we have this uh, set of chimes hanging off the front door, which as a teenager, I wound up being really annoyed by whenever I wanted to go out for a midnight walk or something. <laughs> but whenever the uh, front door would open, it would always make this very obnoxious chang change, chang chang series of noises. So it the opening of the front door was not something you really mistaked. And I, uh, I assume mom's own. So I call out her, get no response. Poke my head out, nobody's there. Go over to the door, it's still locked. (laughs) And luckily, this was still the age of uh, cell phones, so I was able to call my mom and have her stay on the line with me till she got home. Right. Uh, That was just one of the uh, lesser issues. The low grade precog stuff started, I say low grade, but maybe not, uh, started, I guess, when I was in middle school. Uh, I had one of the uh, first iPhone, or sorry, iPod Touch uh, models, Mm -hmm. and I found that there was this. Uh, zener card app so the esp cards with the square circle cross, star etc right yeah and actually being a very nerdy kid i did do a uh, test to see if it was actually randomly generating these and found that it absolutely was <laughs> and right. uh as time went on i would just i would just take it out and almost as an exercise try to guess whatever the next one was because you know, when you're one of these uh, very nerdy kids, you do want something to be a little special about yourself. So you're <laughs> hoping that you you might be the one to show, this, show some kind of ESP abilities. And I found that I actually could guess the uh, next shape that would pop up with really alarming uh, frequency. I think my record was 17 or 18 in a row.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good.
3: And... I also remember that a lot of the times when I was wrong, like, I would get some detail about it right. Like, I would always mistake the cross for the square or vice versa, like, always something with uh, right angles. Mm -hmm. The precog thing that really wound up standing out to me, one of my uh, best friends, still my best friend to this day, he was uh, going for a uh, concert down in uh, New York City. So, that night, I had uh, taken up, actually, meditation uh, not too long before that because... I had already become a very uh, chronic insomniac, and that was one of the regular ways I could actually get myself to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, meditating at one point, and I was kind of in that you know half in, half out of uh, sleep states, uh, where you start getting sometimes these uh, half dreams, like you're still awake, but you you almost feel like you're dreaming. Yeah, yeah. And give came after I might almost just want to start calling it a vision but I got this uh, image of this uh, man in a very brightly lit area. I immediately got the impression of a busy, busy uh, city center. I saw him uh, running out of a out of a store with this bag clutched to his chest. He goes taking off the background is very blurry so I there were people ish people looking shapes that uh, were all around but everything was kind of out of focus and not the subject of whatever I was seeing. Uh, He goes running out, and then behind him uh, runs a police officer. The uh, first man turns around and draws a gun, fires, I think, two shots. Then the uh, police officer, his gun's already out, fires, it's been a long time, but I think um, four or five, and kills the guy.
4: Hmm.
3: The next morning... I walk out. Uh, my mom's making breakfast, and we have the TV on. And the story that is currently being told is of a shooting in Times Square, where a, a criminal, I guess somebody, robbed a, a store or a vendor, and was uh, taking off. Tried to fire back at a police officer, and I looked up the uh, news article later online, and apparently the the uh, shot counts were correct. Oh wow! And the uh, interesting thing was that my best friends had just walked through Times Square probably about three hours before this had happened. Huh. I don't normally <laughs> – I didn't normally get things like this, but he and I always seemed to have a odd sort of mutual synchronicity. Like we would always have vivid dreams at the same time or dreams with uh, similar subjects. Mm-hmm. So that one day that he happened to be walking through Times Square and that happens, that I just happened to get that dream. And I, one other thing I noticed was that, uh, according to the article, the officer had been in uh, plain planes clothes, not in uh, uniform like I had seen. But now looking back, I kind of realized that whereas the image was wrong, the symbolism was correct. I didn't, I wouldn't have known that guy was a cop if I hadn't seen him in a police uniform mm-hmm, right. in the in the dream. Right. That's probably the most uh, stringent or. Um, trying example I have uh, right from the those years
1: and I mean how do you so as you know you're still a, a young person at this time mm-hmm. when this happens how do you s- kind of s- square with that or do you just I'm wondering if it is I guess I'm wondering if it's easier as a young person to just go oh that's weird and move on <laughs> or if it's more affecting as a young person to go uh oh whoa why am I dreaming that?
3: I remember it really did kind of put me through a loop. At that age, I was still very inquisitive. I grew up to be a scientist, so I wanted to ask all the questions about everything. And Mm -hmm. when you run into something like that or a pair of naked legs running through the woods, there's just (laughs) no answers readily available. So this has always just been something that's kind of been squared away in the background because I grew up in a very uh, secular home. My... I was raised, I guess, culturally Jewish, but only nominally, even at that degree. My dad wanted me to have the uh, cultural background, but didn't much care for the uh, religious upbringing. So we were de facto atheists or agnostics. So Mm -hmm. there was not really any framework for me to uh, start analyzing any of this, except the often dubious uh, paranormal articles and books that were out there.
1: Right. As a young person, having had this experience... Were you worried about it then? Like, oh, am I going <laughs> to see more things like this, you know, or was it fairly... Honestly, I was,
3: I was fascinated more than anything else. I never really had a bad experience with it. Mm-hmm. So, aside, well, aside from, I guess, the legs, though, I wouldn't um, characterize that as being particularly traumatic. But, no, this is always just something I was very interested in. And when I lay out all these stories in one go, it seems, you know, like I had a lot of stuff happening. But it's very um dispersed when you look at it as a whole.
1: Oh yeah, and and that's not uncommon for people to have. Yeah, yeah. you, you know multiple things.
3: Actually, there was one other incident. I'm not even sure if you want to leave this in cuz this absolutely could have just been a dream that I had when I was uh maybe 6 or 7 or so. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> I'm always interested in these uh stories some of which you've had I think on the show about Things that appear to be, like, manifestations, but almost children's um, projections, like a cartoon character or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember we were coming home from... Uh, so, I'll just, again, state this is very possibly a dream. But for some reason, I my brain always had this uh, filed as an actual memory. And that's how I had kind of processed this as a kid. Mm-hmm. We were uh, coming home from dinner one night. Uh, We had uh, gotten out of the car. We're uh, walking down the little patio path to our house. And I happened to look up and I saw what I really can only describe as like a child's conception of a meteor. It was like just a massive pitted rock uh, wreathed in flame, but not like the flames you would actually see around a meteor or something. It was like almost a campfire. Mm -hmm. And it was just moving... Probably almost like airplane speed overhead, and I just looked at that, and said, "Well, that's interesting." Looked back down and went on my way, <laughs> which is another reason I would like to. I'm inclined to think it was just a dream because you would expect I would say, "Hey, look at that," or do something because I was a kid that was very interested in space. Right. So if I saw a meteor, I would be, I would lose my mind with excitement. But the only reason I hesitate to think that is just because of how vivid and how real the memory seemed to me. Mm -hmm. And because of all these other stories we have of people seeing something and then just going, oh, that's interesting, and going on with whatever they were doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that happens (laughs) quite frequently, quite frequently. And you wonder if, you know, for lack of a better word, these things are being skinned, you know?
3: Yeah, absolutely. That is one theory that I've really started to latch onto, very likely because of uh, that thing, that particular I don't know if I want to even call it an experience or image, whatever. It's just so clearly a child's conception of what a meteor would look like, like if it was animated in a children's book.
1: Right, right. Yeah, or, or I mean, even the legs. I mean, maybe that was just something so bizarre that <laughs> it was skinned in such a way that that's the only way you could conceive. You know, that's that's how your head computed it. Either you skinned it that yeah. way in your own mind, like it does. it was just too bizarre to compute or whatever the other is just skinned mm-hmm.
3: it as like <laughs> hey we'll just make a pair of legs you know <laughs> so uh, throughout my um life i guess starting around when i was 15 or so i did have a low grade still do have a low grade electrical phenomenon i'm not anything soraya grade luckily i can <laughs> i can wear a watch but yeah. Enough that it just all adds up and you wind up spending so many, uh, so much money on uh, replacement bulbs in one year that you really start to wonder.
1: Right, yeah. Um, Especially with the newer bulbs that are supposed to last. Oh,
3: God, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're supposed to last five plus years and they get me maybe six months. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite incident, just because it was so comical, when I was living in these on-campus apartments during uh, my undergrad, We were all sitting around the dinner table. All my uh, roommate or apartment mates and I were just having dinner. And I sneezed. And at that exact moment, the light over the dinner table just blasted out. (laughs) (laughs) Which, that can always be chalked up to coincidence. But (laughs) it was funny, if nothing else. (laughs) And everyone just sits back and stares at me. Yeah. I did um, uh, club sport in... Uh, college, and I wound up uh, a lot of the nights walking back with a group of my club mates from the uh, gym where we practiced, and a lot of times I would walk underneath one of these uh, lights that they had on campus, and it just winks out and goes right back on as soon as we pass, mm-hmm. yeah. to the point where people would say, hey, watch it, watch it, Victor's about to uh, turn out a few lights, watch. <laughs>
1: It's a completely useless superpower.
3: <laughs> yes, I can't control it when it's when I can actually make a, a game of it or anything. It just happens. And what do you do with that? It's
1: like okay, I can turn the streetlight out, I guess. You know, with eighty plus <laughs> percent accuracy, but whatever.
3: More than that, I I've never had a a router that worked completely correct in any place where I've lived. I've always I've always gotten a different router in every place I've lived, and even if it wasn't one that I supplied, it was like at the uh, university apartments or uh, another student housing place I was in for a while, the Wi-Fi would never work correctly or reliably. It would always just randomly drop out and disconnect to the point that my friends would start complaining (laughs) and (laughs) would never want to be doing any kind of work over at my place. I think when the Amazon Kindle first came out, I absolutely loved it, but I went through about... I think three of them over the course of a year and a half just because they would just randomly die on me. Wow. <laughs>
1: yeah, and those, I mean, I've had one for ages. Those are pretty solid. Mm-hmm.
3: That uh, I've never had a uh, smartphone last me more than a year and a half. Just whatever reason. It's not iPhones either. I know iPhones have built-in ob- forced obsolescence and starts malfunctioning after a certain amount of time, but no, not those. Everything else just Stops working after long enough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess we can get to the other things that happened in that particular apartment I lived in. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So the most attention-grabbing thing that we had. So there was this. I guess I'll start with the uh, layout of the ap- the apartments because it's kind of relevant. Uh, when you'd walk in, it would just be uh, one long hallway with uh, the individual rooms splitting off to the uh, left then bathrooms on the right, and then towards the bottom of the apartments on the right, you would have the kitchen, and then it would break out into the uh, common area. So one of my close friends who was living there with me, we were partners in this uh, cell bio class, and we had a big report due the next day, so we're, we just have our doors open, and we're walking back and forth conferring with each other as we write this thing. Uh, I had ordered Chinese food that night. I'm putting the leftovers away in the kitchen. And I see my friends uh, walk out my apartment, or sorry, my room is directly across from the kitchen. So I can see as my friend walks up to my door, uh, looks into my apartment, and starts uh, looking down at the paper he's holding and asking me a question about uh, what we're doing. And then he looks back up into my room, goes white as a sheet, freezes, turns around, looks at me, and just puts his hands on his head, exhales, and storms away. I oh, wow. have to go running after him and... It's, I think, about five or ten minutes before I can uh, coax out what just happened. Apparently, he just walked up to my room, looked in, and saw me sitting in my chair, plain as anything, <laughs> looked down at his looked back, and the other me was gone. He had seen the real me out of the corner of his eye, and I just thought I was one of our other apartment mates. But right. he does not like to talk about that to this day. Yeah, yeah that, was the, that was the biggest thing out of that, uh, of that uh, apartment.
1: By location.
3: Yeah. I'll uh, hope I never have to see my own doppelganger. I hear that's very bad luck. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, that means you're going to die. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I've had uh, several people around the the South Central Pennsylvania area will just come up to me out of nowhere and just like, I know you from somewhere. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I I was like, I don't know. You know, I don't uh i have no clue but they will insist they you know they know me from somewhere
3: mm-hmm.
1: so uh, there hopefully was i don't have a, fair a amount... doppelganger walking around that, that i will meet someday
3: yeah no that would that would be disconcerting i think you immediately have to duel if you ever meet them
1: i think was it john keel who who ran into himself one time
3: i might have been john keel yeah i um read the mothman prophecies uh about a year and a half ago, at this point, so my memory yeah, is a little foggy. But I'm trying to, it was
1: it, if it wasn't John Keel, I think it was one of his contemporaries. But basically, yeah. ran into himself. Like, oh, that must be a weird experience.
3: So, oh yeah, so the rest of the things uh, in that apartment, there were th- we had regular, uh, low level shadow people in that apartment. and the thing that always interested me was that it was never just one person saying, "Oh yeah, I saw." Uh, something out of the corner of my eye, it would usually be uh, my friend and I standing, talking to each other, and then both looking to the same corner or the same wall at the same moment Mm. and just looking back at each other and saying, you saw that too, right? And beyond that, also, we would hear uh, people walking uh, down the length of our hallway when the door was closed and nobody was up. My friend was much closer to uh, to the door out than I was and would always claim that... Uh, the door would regularly open itself, even when locked. Mm -hmm. And probably most disconcertingly, one of my other apartment mates uh, claimed that he had one of them uh, standing over him while he was sleeping, though he later chalked that up to just stress-induced nightmares. But that was without him knowing that my other friend and I had been seeing uh, glimpses of something regularly.
1: Right. Now, when you say shadow people, I've had a couple different descriptions of them. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever get a good look at them?
3: I never got a good look. This is mm-hmm. not something that you still saw once you, you know, turned and focused. But mm-hmm. it out of your corner, corner of the eye, it looked very much uh, human-shaped and uh, human-sized. Mm-hmm. But when you try to focus on it, it's just gone. Just a amorphous black, maybe five to six foot tall shape out of the corner of your eye. Right.
1: Yeah, I think apartments, you know, people look for activity in, you know, big old Victoria mansions and stuff. And sure, it can be there. But uh, I think it was Jeff Ritzman who pointed out what liminal places apartments are and mm-hmm. how much activity you do get in apartments.
3: Yeah, we did a little uh, digging to try to find out. If there had been any, you know, other structure on the uh, ground beforehand, but no, apparently, absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah, I don't. And, think it, I don't think that matters anymore. I, you know. The,
3: yeah, the, honestly, I've stopped yeah. uh, thinking that. When I was uh, maybe in fourth or fifth grade, my uh, parents at one point just kind of sat me down and said no, the house isn't haunted. Nobody died here a little impatiently because (laughs) I just kept going on about how we're having poltergeist activity. And I just Mm -hmm. loved using the word poltergeist because I was 12. (laughs) But but no, since then, I've very much moved away from the idea that you you need to have had a person die traumatically in a house or uh, anything else along those lines. Just... Since the incident with the legs, I've come to embrace the weird.
1: Yeah, that would kind of drive it home, I think. <laughs> Victor, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your stories.
3: No problem, Tim. Thanks for having me on.
1: Uh, next time you see some legs running through the woods, you know, make <laughs> us your first stop. You know I will. Awesome. Thank you. Strange Familiars is brought to you by Wild Foods. You can find them at wildfoods.co where you can enter the code STRANGE for 12% off your entire order. You know I'm a fan of chocolate. (laughs) Wild Foods Wild Keto Bar is awesome. You could use it as a snack, you could use it as a treat, and you don't have to be on the keto diet to enjoy it.
2: No, because I am definitely not on that diet, and I really enjoyed it.
1: (laughs) Wild Foods products, you can feel good about eating, no matter what they are, because they're sustainably sourced. They care about where their products come from, and they get them from small farms around the globe. They sell everything from coffee to mushrooms. One of their top sellers is their wild fish oil, which is certified by Friends of the Sea. It's sustainably sourced, meaning the fish population never drops during the harvesting. The fish goes directly from the boats to processing. There's no middleman making them extremely fresh. There's no burping like you're used to with other fish oil. There's a liquid version that has a slight lemon flavor, but neither version of their fish oil tastes fishy at all. The capsules go down easy and provides your body with the essential omega-3s it needs.
2: Check out Wild Foods for quality, healthy, sustainable food and wellness products. Find them at wildfoods.co, not .com. And don't forget to enter the code STRANGE for 12% off your entire order.
1: And we want to thank Wild Foods for sponsoring Strange Familiars. all right next we're going to hear from art and i want to note that he says this year a couple times in the interview this interview was done at the end of 2019 so when he says this year he means 2019 he doesn't mean this like he references april of this year oh, he doesn't okay. mean last month he okay. means about a year ago when you hear that art has several stories of these hooded figures some roadside strangeness a skinwalker encounter perhaps some pretty neat stuff so let's go ahead and hear from art Tonight we're talking with Art, who has several stories of different strange things he's witnessed. Among them, several hooded figures, which is very, very interesting because it reminds me of the stories we had on a while back from the, the fellow in Germany who saw all the multiple hooded figures and so forth. How do you want to start this, Art? Do you want to go chronologically, or how do you want to tell the stories?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think chronologically. Uh, going in order from when I was the youngest Uh, because that one the earliest story I have is probably the one that doesn't really relate to the other ones and I I guess it was a sleepwalking experience but it just struck me as weird because I've never sleptwalked before then and I can't remember if it was on your show or where did the road go but I heard someone tell a similar story of they just remember going to bed in their bedroom and then Waking up in the living room, which is what happened to me. I was at my grandparents' house and they lived in a two story house, and I was upstairs in the bedroom. And I think I was like eight or nine ish around this time. And I went to bed and everything. And then I just remember just waking up in the living room. I don't remember, uh, don't remember lights, nothing like that.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: It stuck with me as just this weird memory.
1: Yeah. Were there adults around or anything when you woke up, or you were, you know, alone, basically?
0: Uh, I wasn't alone in the house. Right, my but, but were there.
1: in that room, though.
0: Yeah, I was just alone in the living room. I just, I remember going to bed, and the next thing I know, I'm just standing in the living room in my PJs.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, it, you know, could be sleepwalking.
0: Like I said, I've never sleptwalked before that incident or after. Never had any other experiences with it, so.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, even these strange sleep experiences, I, I we collect them here as well because I think somehow they're related to all this. How, I don't know exactly, but it seems like they're tied in.
0: Yeah. So a few years after the, uh, I guess, sleep, weird sleepwalking experience, I was about 13 or 14. I think it was 7th or 8th grade. I was at my dad's house, and I had a friend who said she saw, like, a shadow man in the kitchen And she freaked out and wanted to leave. I don't remember seeing it. Uh, I had never had any experiences. This friend had had regular shadow people experiences. And so I just kind of blew it off because I had never had any weird experiences at the time. But then about three or four years later after that, I was asleep on the couch. And I woke up. And there by the door to like a game room was just this figure standing in a hood and you know it kind of looked like the generic depictions of like what death looks like or the grim reaper where it's just a shadowy figure in a hood but i couldn't see hands or face or anything it didn't look like a i guess a human fabric because it didn't look like any it didn't look like silk or anything it looked like it was a little smoky in that uh like darker than black that people have described
1: wow yeah
0: And I remember telling my dad about it at a later instant, and he laughed at me and was like, you're going to die. And I was like, thanks. That's.
1: Oh, wow. That's comforting. Thanks, dad.
0: Yeah. And I asked my siblings and everything, and they said that they had never seen anything, but got really weird vibes at that house as well. Mm -hmm. And they said they were like, I, none of my family liked the house. My dad even admitted, like after he was done joking, he was like, yeah, I don't like the feelings that I get in this house. And so.
1: So did you have any more experiences there or Uh, not
0: at that house? No, that was the only one that really happened there
1: about Uh, how tall was this figure. Do you remember when you saw it? Did it it look taller than your dad or the adults in your life or was there anything? uh,
0: Since it was standing next to the door, I was, yeah, about my height and I'm about six one ish. And I would say it was a little bit shorter than I was.
1: So within normal human height range.
0: Yeah, it wasn't, you know, like a massive or it wasn't really tiny or anything.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of these shadow people, people, you know, will tell me are eight feet tall, seven feet tall, you know, just a little bit, I guess not outside of the possible range of human height, but very, very unusually tall sometimes.
0: Like it was comforting listening to some of your stories to know that like when people see these things and they just go back to sleep, that's like a normal reaction. because that's what happened. I was just... I looked at it, and I was like, all right, and then just kind of went back to sleep.
1: Yeah, that makes zero sense, but I've experienced it myself. It's completely bizarre.
0: Yeah, you'd think that, oh, hey, there's something in my house that shouldn't be here would be alarming to you, but mm-hmm. it's not till after that you kind of freak out about it. Yeah. About a year after this incident, I had moved out of my dad's house and into my mother's house, which was about... 45 minutes away I had a couple of events that happened really close together and all within like the span of a couple of like I would say at most it was over two months
1: roughly what year was this happening
0: uh I was when I lived with my dad it was I want to say like 2016
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then I lived with my mom And these next events are going to take place around 2017 ish.
1: Okay, so somewhat recent. And as comfortable as you are, you know, and this can be down to, you know, state, county, town, however comfortable you are, about where was this uh, taking place? Uh,
0: The events with my dads were taking place in the, we're in Texas, and it was in like uh, kind of the DFW area, like Dallas and Fort Worth area.
1: Mm hmm. Okay.
0: And then I just moved to the – it was – for my mom's, it was the other – almost the exact other side of the Dallas-Fort Worth area Mm -hmm. when I went – moved in with her. The first event when I was living with my mother is – the entire time I was living there, I kept telling her I didn't like the backyard. I was like, the backyard feels weird. I just don't like it. And she just was like, oh, it's – you know, there's an alleyway back there, and that's what you don't like about it. And I kept insisting. I was like, no, no, there's, I don't like this backyard. And one night I was going through the backyard to take the trash out and I look over and in the corner and there's just another one of these hooded figures. I would, I believe it was the same one because it just looked so similar
5: Mm -hmm.
0: to it. And it was just standing in the corner by the bushes watching me. And same as the last one, just kind of, I just kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, all right. And I, put the trash away and walked back inside and i just continued on with my day and then a couple of seconds like a few minutes later i was just like oh all right that was there was something out there while i was taking the trash out i wish there was like sleep paralysis or something that i could just write it off with but i was awake and you know taking out the trash and it was
1: yeah was this figure in like in any kind of light was this day or night i guess
0: uh, it, was it was nighttime there was there was not a lot of light there was there was like the porch lights mm
5: mm-hmm.
0: but you know i could i could see it there and it kind of like watched me as i walked by because i had to walk across the yard to get to the back fence and you know i could see it like it turned its head as i walked by and i just kind of looked at it and then kept going about my chores hmm
1: yeah, it's very, very strange. Did Did you happen to hear our episode 108 The called Surrounded by Hooded Entities?
0: No, I have not. Okay. Uh, I will have to give that one a listen, though.
1: Yeah, the guest, Chad, he saw multiple hooded entities in Germany, and he described them the same way as you did. In other words, he said he couldn't see hands. He couldn't see faces. They were all in shadow but they were these multiple hooded entities. And uh, I don't know, it's been a while since I did the interview and I'm, I'm drawing a blank if he said what color their robes were, but everything else you're describing is, is very much like what he described.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's weird seeing them as the, cause like you see that I, I see him at night and then there's like a darker patch of darkness. Of...
1: Yeah. See, that's that blacker than black thing that people describe, you know, Sometimes with shadow people, sometimes with other, you know, weird entities, and sometimes even with Bigfoot, people talk about that.
0: Yeah, I remember it was on, uh, I think it was on a, uh, where did the road go? You were talking about how someone had seen a Bigfoot whose face was like a void.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, and and he had come on our show as well. Um, I'd have to look up the episode number, but yeah, he said it was so dark it almost looked like his face was imploding.
0: That one gave me chills. I heard that story, and I just got a chill down my spine, and I was like, I don't like that one bit. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Neither did he.
0: <laughs> I can imagine.
1: <laughs> Sorry to throw you off track. The next incident at your mom's was near in time to this one?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say it was, like, all these happened in the span of, at most, about two months. hmm This next incident, I'm fairly certain it was just someone doing something, but it, there was so much weird stuff happening, it's just a weird coincidence, I guess. I was uh, I was out walking my dog and I heard like chains rattling and like someone was dragging a chain and I was just like oh there's like a dog tied up somewhere but it just it felt weird at the time and it stuck out to me as just these weird chains being dragged and I guess had no other weird things happened around this incident I wouldn't have paid it any mind but Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that's the thing when when other weird stuff is happening then things that That you might normally just go, eh, whatever. They start to uh, get your attention.
0: Yeah, there was... uh, In another story that I have for a little... That I'm going to tell in a second. There was some stuff that happened that was just like normal everyday stuff. But because of what happened around it, it kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. So after the chain... This is the last one that was at my mom's house. After the chain, it was a couple... like I think a week or two later... Uh, we had like a art studio room that I slept in. I was just sitting there, and I felt like something was staring at me. And I turned, and in the doorway that was less than like two feet from me, there was just another hooded figure standing there. And this was the closest it had ever gotten to me. Wow. And I did not like it one bit. This was the one time where I saw it, and I was like, no. No, I'm not doing this. And
1: Yeah, that's a before- little too close for comfort.
0: Yeah, before I could do anything, it just turned around because it was in a hallway. So it just turned around and walked up and I got up. I jumped up and I tried to follow it, but it was gone. Mm. And, you know, I was grateful it was gone.
1: Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> and I always talk about stuff for the you know, people who have these experiences or, or live in haunted houses and stuff. You have to go to sleep, too, you know. Yeah. At some point, you're going to have to sleep. So it's it's always bizarre dealing with this stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, as much as I was glad that it was gone at the same time, I kind of wish I could have been like, hey, what do you – can I help you with something? Do do you need, like, you know, me to pray over you or something to help you move on or whatever it was? But, you know, I wish I could have said something like, hey, why are you just showing up randomly?
5: Mm -hmm.
0: And I don't know any – there, I can't think of anything in my life that would be like, I guess, drawing it towards me or something. Like, I was a little stressed at this time, but it wasn't just normal, like, everyday kind of stress, I guess. Nothing, like, drastic.
1: Right, right.
0: And I think that was one of the last times I saw the, uh, the hooded figures, and I haven't seen any since then. So, I'm kind of grateful for that.
1: Yeah, I think, Um, you know, because what's the what's the end if they're coming closer and, you know, they don't seem to be limited to like, you know, the first one you saw was at a different house. So they don't. It seems to be you, you know, that they're focused on, not so much like the place or something like that. So good riddance, I suppose.
0: Yeah, uh, for now, I guess I, you know, part of me wants to know, like, I'm just genuinely curious why they show up with no warning and then disappear with no warning. Right. But I guess that's, that's what everybody wants to know for all their experiences of why did this happen then?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: This next story happens a few months after the last hooded figure, but it happened, it happened, I would say around um, April or May of this year. Okay, oh, yeah, I, it was, uh, yeah, it was around April or May. I was, I had just started this new job, and my manager was telling me that the place is haunted. She was like convinced that the place was haunted, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's cool, I guess." And we were having a uh, we were having like a game night at work after we had closed, mm-hmm. and I got up to go to the restroom, and while I was in the restroom, the doorknob rattled like someone had just not seeing me go into the restroom and they're just trying the door and it was locked. And, you know, I, after I finished up, I walked outside and there was nobody there. And I sat back with my coworkers and I was like, Hey, did was someone trying to go to the restroom? I'm out now y'all can go. They're like, we don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, that's uh, that's interesting. And, uh, the manager of that place said she had an incident where, uh, she was alone in the kitchen and someone tapped on her shoulder and when she turned around, there was just nobody there. I was grateful, though, for the, like, with the doorknob rattling on the door, just just being a rattle. Because I heard a story where this girl lived in a haunted house, and regularly there would be something that would just hold the bathroom door shut so she couldn't get out. Wow. And so I was grateful that it was like, oh, just someone rattling the door. I was like, oh.
1: Could've we did, been, we did a haunted work. house story, with, and John, uh, my sometimes uh, co-host John, who's on the show sometimes. He had a very similar story. It was a work event. He had gone to the bathroom, and this they, they were having this event at this haunted house. I mean, not specifically because it was haunted, at a house that happened to be haunted. Let's say, and went into the bathroom, and someone, uh, you know, very forcefully, I think, like kicked or tried to tried the door knob or both. I forget which. He said he he actually came out very angry, thinking somebody had like was messing with him while I was in there. But uh, you know, very similar story to yours. No one was there
0: yeah i guess it makes it kind of makes you think of like a oh, i forget what that term is uh i get like echoes or something if just someone had you know tried to rattle the door mm-hmm. and then not the most like drastic or amazing thing but it's still kind of freaky to have it happen
1: yeah yeah especially a place where other people are saying you yeah, know this place is haunted
0: yeah and oh uh i forgot to mention these uh this story happened it's uh more south of Dallas. It's kind of in between Austin and Waco is where this is happening. Now. You know, it's a really small town. Let's see. After that one, I was driving a coworker. I was driving her home one day, and it was it was getting kind of late, uh, and we were driving down the roads, and I take a turn, and there was just this old guy on the side of the road, and he was just dressed up real nice in a like nice suit and everything just kind of standing there. And I nudged my coworker and I was like, Hey, did you see that old guy back there. He's, you know, we're on the, we're, we were kind of on a country road and he's dressed in a suit. And I was like, did you see that guy? He was dressed a little weird, out a place. And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Hmm. And I just kind of sat there. and I looked at her and I was like, no, please tell me you're messing with me. You saw the old man. And she, she was just, she just said, no, she's just had no idea what I was talking about.
1: Was he like walking on the side of the road or, or doing anything specific?
0: No, he was just kind of standing there. Just old man, pale skin and gray hair, but he looked like just a normal old guy, except we were, we live in a small town, so we're taking country roads and I, he shouldn't have been out, you know, it was still a good couple, good couple of miles from the town. And he was just kind of standing there on the side of the road and a, Real nice suit. He was just standing there.
5: Hmm.
0: Real weird.
1: Yeah. I love these stories of these just weird figures that kind of crop up that, that shouldn't be there. You know, even if they're, they end up being real people, it's just, you know, very interesting stories of, you know, these people that just, or these strange, you know, out of place people or bunny people or whatever they are that just kind of appear places. And it's very, very strange, I, but, but I, I do enjoy them.
0: A couple of weeks after I saw the old man, I was I was on the same road take, that I was taking my friend home, but I was a little bit further down and kind of into town. And we I was driving past a church, and I saw a figure that looked like kind of like a young girl, just like crouched down in the grass. And I paid it no attention, and I was just like, "Ah, eh, it's nothing," you know. It was kind of like maybe I was like it was kind of a water heater or something. That's what my brain told me it was. But then, like later on, I was like, "No, it was a little girl, just kind of crouched down." But I haven't gone to the church to investigate or anything. And it, if it wasn't late at night, you know, it would have just been a little girl playing in the grass. But
1: right, yeah, it's an odd time to see a child.
0: Yeah, and especially because it was just a child. Like if it was the parents, you know, they're out for a late night stroll. It's a quiet town, so it would have been fine to go out for a stroll. But just right. a little.
1: Were a bunch of kids playing hide and seek or something.
0: Yeah, a few w- more weeks after that one, this is probably one of my favorite stories of what I ha- what had happened. And I am absolutely can, well, not absolutely convinced, but I am fairly certain it was a skinwalker because I was driving home, and this was during the summer. I would say about July of this year, and it was, it wasn't so, it wasn't like. During the day, it was about dusk, because there I didn't have my headlights on, but it was getting towards nighttime.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And there was I could see this guy up ahead, just working on his fence or something. He's kind of crouched down, and I was "And that's normal out in the country. It was just people repairing fences or something." And the next thing I know, the guy's gone, and there's a hog running across, like running across the road right in front of me. And I slam on the brakes because I didn't want to hit it. And I'm looking around and I can't see this guy anywhere. And this animal had just run out and the guy was gone. And I told one of my friends about it and he was like, you saw a skinwalker. And I was like, I didn't know they were around in like central Texas area. I've already, I've always heard it was more Arizona and New Mexico.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard similar legends, you know, even pretty far east honestly and i think you know i don't know if there's different shape changers or w- whatever they might be you know whatever's going on there that are people on you know they've heard the skinwalker stories, so they're calling these things skinwalkers or if this you know whatever these witches they say they are or, or you know shape-changing entities whatever they are if they are you know spreading out from the southwest because yeah, it just seemed like you know that's kind of where the the stories originated, but uh, they're getting more and more. We're getting them from other places.
0: Yeah, and it was something that I had just never paid much attention to. I was like, oh, it's you know folk tales or whatever. And then you know after seeing something like that, it's like, well, I guess I can't really can't really just ignore it anymore because I witnessed a man on the side of the road and then he was gone and then there was an animal like almost exactly where he was standing run out to my car and disappeared into a field on the other side of the road
1: do you remember any details about the man the way he looked the way he was dressed anything
0: he was shirtless and in blue jeans but you know for the summer that's kind of normal and i remember he had he had short brown hair but he was still too far to like get you know, good look of his face. He looked young. And he wasn't, I wouldn't say he was like ridiculously hairy or anything. He just looked like a normal guy that was shirtless. He looked like he, he kind of looked like he was working on the fence, which is what I thought it was what he was doing.
1: Right, right. And did it look like a, a domestic hog or more like a wild hog? Uh,
0: no, it was definitely a wild hog. And I've had experiences in that same place of wild hogs running through like since then, but I've never seen like a man that disappears and then a hog runs out.
1: Well, sure, yeah, yeah. Was it a you know large hog or just average size?
0: I'd say it was a it was pretty big. I mean, I it ran across. Uh, it was enough to where I was legitimately worried about my car when I had to like slam on the brakes because mm-hmm. yeah, you know it looked like it could just dis- it, it looked like it could deal some damage to the car if I hit it.
1: Yeah. Now, did you yeah. experience anything? After this, any any like weird noises at your house, any you know, sleep disturbances, anything else after this?
0: Uh, there was one time where my bed faces a window and I was laying looking out at night and a shadow ran by the window. But that was a moment where I was just like, That was a cat, I'm gonna ignore it, I don't <laughs> care what it was. That was a cat and I'm going to bed. So it it could have been one of my cats, but I, I didn't know where they were at the moment, so they could have been outside. But it ran across, it ran across the porch right in front of my window. And I rolled over and was like, I'm not dealing with that.
1: How long after seeing this potential skinwalker, did that happen?
0: A uh, week or two, I would say.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. But nothing since?
0: Uh, Nothing related to that. I had like, there've been a, uh, there was a incident with a white light following me home, and I thought it was like a car or a motorcycle until I pulled off onto the side of the road, and this light kept flashing in my car. And you know, I drive; I have to drive through a bunch of country roads, so there's no street lights. You know, if there's another car, you know there's another car behind you, but there was just this white light that kept flashing in my car.
1: Did it seem then, like it was at the level of another vehicle or did it, was it high in the sky or
0: it like, I, it seemed like I thought it was a motorcycle behind me. Cause, and so I just kind of pulled off cause I was curious cause they kept, the light kept flashing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, maybe something's wrong. So I pulled off and nothing passed me, but it just, it pulled off with me and kept flashing. And so I just kind of ignored it and drove home. And eventually by the time I got home, it had stopped. Huh? And yeah. then like a week ago there was uh there were two red lights that were dancing on my way home from work.
1: And in the sky was, or
0: uh not like in not like really high in the sky, but it was definitely too high to be you know, like the reflectors of a car or something.
1: Right. So they weren't brake lights.
0: No, it was and they were like I thought it was at first I thought it was like reflectors on a fence or something
5: Mm -hmm.
0: because the road did turn at that point but i'd say they were good like 15 feet off the ground at least and they were moving and like dancing around each other
1: yeah was this out in the country as well
0: yes yeah i was on my way home i took a different route home and i saw these two red lights dancing around each other and i was like that's peculiar trying to think if there was uh Anything else about those lights? I just remember they were just red orbs dancing around each other. Like I wanted to get out, but also part of me was like, I should just leave those alone.
1: Yeah, don't follow the lights. <laughs> That's, uh, I think this is folklore advice from all around the world. Just yeah, don't follow don't the lights. Follow
0: the lights. <laughs> and then I think the last story that I have. This happened around Thanksgiving because I was I was driving back. Uh, from, uh, I live with my fiance. I picked her up for Thanksgiving and she lives about three hours away. And I think we were, I was driving back to Dallas and there was just a shadow that ran across the road and it looked, it looked almost like a man running across the road. If he was like flickering in and out, which was what was weird. And he was like, he, it looked like a shadow person, but he was it kind of looked like someone was running past like, uh, like a picket fence kind of. Mm-hmm. And he ran across the road and it looked like he was just kind of blinking across the road. And this is the story I mentioned earlier where some like regular things happened. But because they happened so close to that, it was a little weird because as, hap- as he ran across the podcast I was listening to kind of got a little staticky. And then the next electronic billboard I saw was all jarbled up and like messed up. And two things that are just normal things that happen.
1: But like, yeah, but in relation to that, yeah, that's particularly strange.
0: Yeah, it was weird. And I just sat there and I was like, there was, there was a a man, like a man ran across the street, basically.
1: Did your fiance see him as well?
0: Uh, no she was asleep in the car at this point and I, I looked over and I was like of course she is asleep so I can't be like oh you saw that too but right. no she was asleep and and it was late at night and he like it just looked like an average sized man but just it looked like uh like something in a sci-fi movie of just like trying to be between worlds and just not hmm fully there like he's trying to grasp on to, to like anchor himself in place right the best way i could describe it
1: so Here. having experienced all of these things and this is this is coming from someone who's you know also experienced a number of odd things in his life so i'm not asking this as a skeptic i'm asking this as like you know for your opinion right i've talked to several people who said they've never experienced anything although really when you get down to it a lot of them actually have they just they discount it for whatever reason but let's let's take them at their word let's say a lot, a lot of people never experience anything yeah you're experiencing these multiple things what do you think is behind that i don't know is an acceptable answer because i don't know for myself you know <laughs> like i don't know really why but yeah uh,
0: i don't i don't have anything i can't think of like there's no I like, don't have like oh a dead family member passed away recently and that's what these are it's none of that it's just things that have happened and I've asked you know I have I have friends who are into more of the occult stuff and you know they 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 don't know what it is you know they just say oh yeah if it's bothering you just you know firmly tell it to go away mm-hmm. I'm like, all right but I I would like to know what it is
1: right you know? yeah yeah.
0: But I think I will be—I'll probably die searching for that answer.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's uh, the case with with all of this stuff all across the board. I don't think we get to know the answers, unfortunately. I'm, I'm open to it if somebody has some answers, but uh, I don't think they're forthcoming. But I do love the mystery, and I do love the stories.
0: Yeah, it's and you know there's also kind of the theory of maybe we're just not supposed to know
1: yeah oh yeah exactly i mean maybe the purpose is simply to tell us that there's more to the world than than we know and understand
0: yeah or the. uh i also kind of like the idea of just the trickster element of it's just there is no reason behind why these are happening it's just you know something that's in there just to mess with us
1: yeah i think well that's absolutely could be the case
0: it's interesting i always you know, try to keep an eye out for anything. I like to ask other people just the stories they've heard. Mm-hmm. That's what I really enjoy about, you know, your podcast and uh, Where Did the Road Goes. Like, I like listening to these stories that people have.
1: Yeah, well, I like collecting them. Every person that comes on and tells their story, I always say it. Someone hears it and they think, oh, I guess I can tell my story too. So thank you, Art, for telling your stories tonight.
0: Yeah, no problem. It was, it was enjoyable telling telling them. Thank you for having me.
1: Who makes Strange Familiars possible, Allison?
2: Well, I think this is probably not a trick question. It's our patrons.
1: Absolutely. And I want to take this time to thank them. Thank you so much, patrons. Thank you for all you do and all the support you give us. You make Strange Familiars possible, and we couldn't do it without you. If you like what we do, if you like the content we make, and you want to get more of it, and you want to support the show, the best way is by becoming a patron at Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's lots of different options there, different levels. If you want to get stuff like t-shirts or copies of my books signed, copies of my artwork, stickers, pins, there's all kinds of options there. Or if you just want to go in at $3 a month, you can get extra content. And we do full extra shows for our patrons every month, at least one full episode of Strange Familiars. Often we do more than one but we do guarantee that one full episode of Strange Familiars every month for our patrons. So you're supporting the show and you get extra content as well. Check out all the options at Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you want to support the show, but you don't like the idea of that monthly subscription like Patreon, you can make a one-time donation at PayPal. Just go to strangefamiliars.com, look under the show notes. For any episode, you'll see a paypal.me link. You can click on that and make a donation via PayPal. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, whatever podcatcher you use, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google, Stitcher, wherever you listen, even YouTube. And make sure to leave us those nice five-star reviews because that really helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. You never got to meet my dog, Barney.
2: I've heard tell of him.
1: I know. I talk about him all the time. I know.
2: We saw pictures of this as a dog who died, like, when you were, what, a teenager?
1: First year of college. Yeah. I spent third grade through college with this dog, and he was the perfect puppy. Absolutely was the perfect puppy.
2: But not every puppy starts out perfect.
1: And the thing is, I can't tell you how he became the perfect puppy so I couldn't help you make the perfect puppy. We had this perfect relationship between us. If you want that with your puppy and you want help getting that perfect relationship, you want 90 days to the perfect puppy. They will help you understand how your dog thinks, which is not the way you think. And they will help you apply proactive training methods so you can have the perfect relationship with your puppy. It's a relationship-based approach that helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources, video lessons, a secret Facebook group, And there are one-on-one options available as well. You can find it at sithappens.us. You look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. You can click on that, and that'll take you to 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. I'd like to take this time to thank Jason W. for a PayPal donation. Thank you very much, Jason. I think he's made them in the past as well. So a repeat donator. <laughs> thank you very, much. You need one of those much.
2: pins like they give you when you've donated enough blood to make a <laughs> gallon.
1: So for Photo of the Week...
2: Yeah, you're always like, we try to make it thematic, and I'm like, so what's the theme? And then you'll tell me, and I'm like, yeah, I don't have any photos of ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Or legs. Or legs. Disembodied legs. Or Bigfoot. But I did come up with sort of a shadowy theme.
1: Yeah, now this is one of the most unintentionally spooky genres of photos there is. It's, it's, It's completely benign. There's nothing spooky meant by it. But it's so eerie and spooky that I absolutely love this genre. And I don't even remember, it was very early into our collecting photographs that we we discovered this. I don't even think we knew a name for it. We started seeing these photographs, and then Mm -hmm. later on we discovered that these are called hidden mother photos. And I'll let you describe what they are.
2: Well, basically, um, it's really hard to keep a wiggly child in place for even a short exposure period of time. And so what they would do is just throw some kind of uh, piece of fabric or... um, Something in the in the studio over the mother, and then the mother would hold the child in place, and then the part that would be covered by a mat might expose the fact that you could actually see the mother's shape underneath it, not always is that the case, and sometimes it's very obvious that there's there's a figure with like a piece of fabric thrown over their head, holding a child, and because of the black and white and the sharp contrast, sometimes it just looks- re- it looks like shadowy like hooded.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, it's basically either. a shroud A shroud holding, holding a, a child, <laughs> holding a baby. Yeah, it, they're very, very creepy. And again, unintentionally creepy. They're, they're It's a completely benign mm. thing. It's simply a mother usually. So I'm, I'm sure there are hidden father photos as well.
2: Yeah, I've had one of those too. And sometimes they're like kind of playful where you could, because all this part was supposed to be hidden under a mat. So if you take the mat off of like either a cased image or one in like this one's in a little um, cartouche sleeve, they'll reveal the part that was never meant to be seen. And so I've had ones where there's like a father peeking out over a chair, or there's a lot of times you'll see just like a random stray arm
3: trying Mm -hmm. to hold
2: a kid in place. This one I think if we took the mat off of it, it's sealed so I don't really want to do that, but I think you would probably see even more of a little bit of a
1: The head and shoulders. The head and
2: shoulders of the mother, but you can see underneath this black piece of fabric, there's the arm coming around to hold the child. Sometimes people will say that these are like post-mortem, but it makes absolutely no sense. It's totally counterintuitive because, I mean this is sad, but what children are the easiest to pose?
1: Yeah, postmortem children. Yeah, yeah so you, you absolutely uh, do not need a hidden mother, mother now with the postmortem and so
2: child. Th- no. You were never meant to see these pictures the way that people show them now. So they're this the the sort of it's like um an accidental creepiness. Yeah,
1: yeah. That said, still creepy. Mm-hmm. I, and I absolutely. Love and I think
2: them. it's a wonderful metaphor for motherhood because I think that's what motherhood feels like a lot of times. Like you're just trying to hold on to a child while someone's slumped a shroud over you <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean all these thoughts and more will be announced in allison's forthcoming book on motherhood beneath the shroud
2: <laughs> that and my did i tell you about my book that no one will buy That's going to be an adjunct book to go with your book and, and josh's book
1: oh your feminist bigfoot book yes we can get into
2: that in one second <laughs>
1: Let's finish up our thoughts on the Hidden Mother. So this is another tin type, like last week's?
2: Yeah, so this one is actually still sealed in the original sleeve. So this puts it with this decorative sleeve, puts it like about the time of the Civil War, roughly.
1: It's uh, basically a paper sleeve, right? Pa- yeah, paper kind mm-hmm. it's a
2: pressed paper sleeve. It's a really cute little baby and probably a christening dress. But there is this shrouded figure behind she or he and a little arm. You can see...
1: <laughs> kind of reaching around. Kind of
2: reaching around to hold the baby in place, probably somewhere in the folds of the fabric.
1: Very, very cool. Hidden mother photograph, tintype. What are we asking for this? $20. $20. Look in the show notes under this episode at com. There'll be a picture of this. You can click on it. will take you right to our Etsy store where you can purchase this. Speaking of Etsy store, I had done the artwork for every Spring Heel Jack episode. Mm-hmm all the illustrations. One person bought them all, got the whole collection. They bought them one at a time as I put them up episode after episode. Since they bought the other three, when I put the last one up, I gave them a, a shout out ahead of time. It's like say, hey, if you want the complete collection, it's available now because I thought would it a shame it would be this person's bought the other three. They might as well have first shot at the last one. But one person has that entire collection, which I think is really neat. Uh, hopefully they are enjoying their original artwork. But the original artwork for this episode should be up in the Etsy store as well, if you're interested in buying some of my original art. So check that out. That'll be in the show notes as well. You can click on that. It'll take you to the Etsy store, just like the photo of the week. So back to the Bigfoot book. I'm very excited about this. You're actively reading the book and taking notes, which I'm a little afraid of. (laughs) I think this is going to be the most challenging interview we do, Josh and I. You were going to interview Josh and I mm-hmm. on Strange Familiars. Yep. And you have this idea for the feminist Bigfoot book, mm-hmm. right? Based on this some is of the based things-
2: off of some of the things I've read in your book.
1: Okay, let's have it.
2: Oh no, I'm not giving any of it away ahead of time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's just filed away in the books that will that no one would would purchase.
1: Oh, okay. Like like your your motherhood beneath the shroud book. Yeah, I think that's more saleable. (laughs) Than the the feminist Bigfoot? Yeah. I I don't know. You don't know. Bigfoot is big right now. Mm. Bigfoot is big right now. Not so much with women. I think you'd be surprised. Mm. I think you'd be surprised.
2: Just like just, I mean, if you were going to, to talk about the average Bigfoot aficionado. Well,
1: honestly, I think you have, as in many things, and you can tell me I'm wrong. Often the male portion of any fan base or audience is, shall we say, a little more boisterous than the female um, portion. And
2: is that why you're always mansplaining Bigfoot to me?
1: I hope I'm not. No, I'm just <laughs> I hope I don't do that. I'm, I'm incessantly babbling about Bigfoot. I don't think it's necessarily mansplaining, but I I would say that it's probably a lot closer to fifty-fifty than you might think. I think the idea is that it's a boys' club. Mm -hmm. But I think, honestly, it's just men often tend to be a little more boisterous and a little more out there. You know, they tend to put Mm -hmm. themselves out there. And I think you have these guys running around the woods doing army man cosplay in their camouflage and stuff. And basically, they've made boys' clubs out of this thing. But I don't think that necessarily represents the phenomenon as a whole. As far as people's general interest in Bigfoot, I would really put it almost at 50-50. There's a lot of interest uh, from women in Bigfoot, as far as I can tell from my contact with people, you know, via conferences, via strange familiars, everything else. So that's my take on it. I could be wrong.
2: Well, thank you for mansplaining to me how... (laughs) (laughs) How wrong I am about... I'm
1: parasplaining. (laughs) Parasplaining... (laughs) All right, so that's it for this episode of Strange Familiars. Patrons, we should have a show coming up for you soon, if not more than one. There's a couple different ways that might be going. We have a couple different shows in the work for patrons here. So that should be coming soon. Otherwise, we will talk to you all next week. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books art, podcasts, and more darkhollerarts.com intro and background music is by Stonebreath. go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more you can find us on Facebook facebook.com strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars gathering group and we are on Instagram at Strange Familiars. Bye.